Welcome to the Punters, mate, on SEN. to this uh, Friday afternoon where we have the punters, mate, on again. And I am Sam Highland. I am missing my offsider, the uh, the director of the punters, mate, Chris Nelson. He's having a well-earned week off. And uh, so all the best to Chris Owen. Hopefully he has a winning weekend and he's uh, sitting back in the sandals around the pool or the uh, thongs and shorts around the pool, uh, refreshing nicely. But I've brought someone off the bench and that is one. Will Holbert, uh, trainer from Dermot here in Brisbane, and good mate of mine, someone who loves a punt. Wilbur, welcome to the punters, mate. Afternoon, Sammy. Thanks for having me. Good to have you here. Now, there's been a bit going on in uh, in uh, the racing world, and, and very sad news, Wilbur, to uh, wake up this morning to, to hear that Dean Lester had passed away. Um, you know, it's obviously... Um, I got so much traction, and rightly so, on, on social media. But Dino was, uh, was a huge part of horse racing uh, right around Australia, wasn't he? I, I know um, for myself, I was I, I first met Dino when I was 15, starting out at Cranbourne, and, and he was the clocker uh, at the track. Um, but uh, just, yeah, he, he amazing passion for horse racing. And I think uh, something that is a... Uh, you know, is a real theme that, that we've read in posts about Dino today is it, the amazing thing is he could read races and, and assess horses a lot like a jockey, you know, for somebody that never rode, um, he, he would think like a jockey. And uh, I think it was just his amazing uh, insight and he, so much focus on his life was horse racing. Yeah, absolutely. I remember, you know, for the Group 1 races, he'd quite often get calls from the big-time jockeys asking what's the best way to ride their mounts. So he obviously was very good at his job. And, yeah, me and a few of the boys at the track every Saturday morning, I reckon we went about eight weeks in a row with his two tips and we just kept having the multis. It was unreal. Yeah, him, uh, he'll be sadly missed. And, and uh, uh, condolences to Sandra Borschman, his mother, and, and all his family and friends. Uh, Dino, he's, uh, yeah, taken far too soon. Uh, news in, in Queensland uh, this week. Uh, well, we've got a fair bit of racing on. Uh, let's touch on on that. Um, uh, Eagle Farm tomorrow, Gold Coast Poly Track, uh, Rockhampton, Home Hill, Roma, and then Toowoomba tomorrow night. Sunny Coast on Sunday, uh, Rockhampton Monday, Townsville Tuesday, and then Eagle Farm uh, back on Wednesday. Will, uh, it's uh, probably... We should mention a few highlights of the week. We obviously, uh, it's not much of a highlight for, for Racing Queensland, but Cairns got called off on, on Friday. Um, uh, sorry, Cairns, Cairns got called off during the week, should I say, after 85 mils of rain um, over the two days. Gee, it can bucket down up there. And we've got a good mate uh, in Nathan Grubby Day that uh, obviously does his best work up there in Cairns. And it's... Uh, yeah, he just said that when it rains up there, it, it can just hammer down. Yeah, crazy weather up north. And, you know, it's coming into cyclone season, it's probably only going to get wetter up that way. Uh, another apprentice up that way uh, who has uh, made the news uh, during the week is is Erin uh, Malloy, who's um, kicking off with her first ride at Home Hill on uh, on Saturday. And 
Uh, she's done a bit of time here in Brisbane with Chris Munts, and it's uh, uh, you would know her from from riding work at at uh, in here at Doomben and Eagle Farm. Will yeah, yeah, I remember her. Um, yeah, he had a good seat, and uh, I see she's with Tim Cook now. And and uh, Timmy seems to be a pretty good master. He um he got Emily Lang going before she came down to Stephen. So and you've seen how good Emily rides. So Aaron could be another one. There's a, a a lot involved, isn't there, in bringing an apprentice through, um, and especially. Uh, I suppose, you know, the days of, of going into the stable at 15 or 16 and, and then doing your apprenticeship and coming out of your time at 21, it's it's a lot different now. And like in, in Erin's case, she's 22 years old and she's having her first ride. At, anyone can sort of have a go at it. Yeah, that's right. Sort of, uh, you know, the old days of, as you said, coming in as a kid, the, their master was sort of almost their parent as well. But now there's sort of the age limit's a bit relaxed and we're getting older apprentices. Uh, and also in the news uh, this week, uh, I read on the Racing Queensland website, uh, Jack Taplin uh, is in the news. He's a, a foreman uh, at the, at the, for his family at the sunny coast there, and Jack has uh, relocated from across the ditch. He's, he's heading back to New Zealand uh, to try out for the taekwondo team uh, at the Paris Olympics, and uh, they've actually got to run it tomorrow, uh, the Taplins, which I give a chance to tap his lad in, in race four. Yeah, uh, I haven't come across Jack yet, but by the sounds of it, I don't want to upset him. <laughs> yeah, how would you be uh, a, a jockey giving one a, a rough ride? And, uh, uh, yeah, it's uh, not ideal. So there's a few of the uh, headlines that have gone on uh, throughout the week here in uh, in Queensland. And as I say, we've got a good meeting at uh, Eagle Farm tomorrow. On to you, Will. Let's uh, get a bit of an insight to, to Will Holbert and how it all started for you. I mean, you're in a training partnership with your dad, but uh, racing has always been your life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously, growing up, wanted to be a jockey. Uh, but, yeah, I was 58 kilos when I was 15, so that was no hope of happening. Um, so I just, yeah, started riding work and then, yeah, natural progression to a trainer. And, uh, but in that time you'd traveled around Australia a bit and, and gone to a few different stables to see, to, to see different things. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I hated school. It was just shit house really. Um, I, I left halfway through grade 11. I'd been riding work about 12 months and I used to ride Clary Connors horses when they'd come up for the carnival. Yeah. And that, that year he left them here to spell after the winter. And then, uh, I had them in pre-training here and he said, do you want to take these to Melbourne? So I gave school a flick and went to Melbourne for the spring carnival and it was unreal. So stayed there till sort of Christmas time, you know, I did sort of five months and then I'd come home for six months. Then I went back again the next year for him, then back home again. And then I did two more like that, uh, one with Gay Waterhouse and one with Bart Cummings. And tell us about the, the, the differences between, uh, the, you know, the stables and their leading stables, their big operations and, and they run really differently to, to obviously, um, whereas you and your dad have, have a, a boutique stable where you're very hands-on, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. We sort of, well, we don't have staff really. We've sort of got one guy that does our boxes of a morning and, uh, yeah, we do the rest. So, you know, do it ourselves. We can pay ourselves. <laughs> It's a good way to be, uh, but going out, you know, so I guess with, um, in those bigger stables, um, it's a bit of, it's a, it's fair to say that it's a bit of a factory setup, isn't it? Yeah, it is. You know, there's, there's a lot of moving parts and it's all very time orientated. Everything's got to be done, you know, in a certain amount of time, probably because they have to pay wages. Whereas me and dad, we're, we're not on the clock. I don't care if I'm at the stables all day. It doesn't bother me. 
And it's uh, and and that can be the case, isn't it? You get up this morning. Well, tell us, tell us uh, that how how. Uh, a typical day for for Will Holbert would go as far as what time you get up, how you know, uh, getting the horses ready, getting to the track, and then and then obviously you finish work, but then there's vets, farriers, stuff like that, and and then as in tonight's case, you, you've got to head to the races. Yeah, yeah, today's a bloody long day. Um, obviously, yeah, we're up at three this morning, sort of finished by seven thirty eight, then just. Do a bit of office work for a few hours, and uh, yeah, got to head to the Sunshine Coast tonight. I think I'll leave at five o'clock to race at five past eight, and hopefully home by ten, and then <laughs> up at three in the morning and do it all again. And it can be savage, can't it? That uh, that road. Yeah, heading Bruce down. Highway, it's he- no heading... good on a Friday. Well, it's no good any day usually at that time <laughs> in peak hour. But yeah, I try to avoid night racing, but sometimes you just have to go. It's it's about time that they uh, they uh, made it. Uh... You know, a couple of well, couple of lanes bigger. I know further down it gets a bit wider, doesn't it? At, at different points, but uh, it can be savage when you're stuck on there. Uh, uh, I know when I used to do those Friday night meetings, you'd have to leave at two o'clock in the afternoon just in case something happened on the Bruce Highway. Yeah, it can easily go from a two beer trip to a six beer trip. That's for sure. <laughs> now, Sir Carter, you've got in tonight. Uh, what are you expecting with this horse? Yeah, look, he's he's going really well. His first up run was huge. He uh, got caught wide, no cover there at Doombin on a day where it was just a mad on-fence leaderish sort of track. And uh, I thought when I watched all the replays that day, I thought only him and uh, two other horses all day made ground out wide. Uh, one of them has since won and the other one hasn't raced yet. So I'll keep that up my sleeve. That's my tip. <laughs> <laughs> but he's drawn 15 out of 15. So I don't know. I won't even give Aiden instructions. So if he stuffs it up, it's his own fault. It's uh, I, I I guess what what is a positive by going to the sunny coast is um, uh, that it's a big track and yeah if you have a bit of luck slotting in it's it's you know it's, if you're gonna draw out anywhere it's probably the track you want to draw out on yeah definitely it's a it's a good fair track sunny coast uh, what what about you with the um the poly tracks obviously uh, that's something that's uh, just new to to, to race in Queensland as far as the sunny coast and, and the Gold Coast one. We're, we're racing quite a lot on the Gold Coast one after uh, the grass track is is getting tricked up. Um, what's what's the word on the street about those? Um, yeah, they're interesting. <laughs> yep. um, yeah, look, I sort of treat them a bit like wet tracks. Uh, you don't know if your horse is going to handle it till you go on it. So I've had, uh, what have we had, I think three on the sunny coast one. The one I thought would hate it, she ran a track record, and the two I thought would love it both hated it. So you don't know till you try. Just like heavy tracks, you know, you don't know till you go on it. And with uh, kickback and and that sort of thing, is is are they consistent? Do they say? Um, well, the Gold Coast one looks like there's a fair bit more kickback on it at the moment. So, but it's only new, so you know, I won't bag it yet. But I'm happy to not run on it just yet. I'll just wait and see, watch it over the next few months. I think once the cooler weather comes into winter it should settle down a bit because they're sort of they're not really summer tracks you know that the they get too hot and that's what makes everything kick back all, yeah right all the wax in it yeah yeah so and and i guess uh you know that the way they are um yeah the way they're made that is essentially what they're made for all weather tracks aren't they and um yeah. it's you know in in my time thinking about uh, all weather tracks and and the different tracks that that uh you get to work on with horses. Um, there, there is, 
you know, my my dad always used to say, you know, there is no substitute for, for grass, you know, like there is some um, horses feel the best on grass, yeah. don't they? Yeah, that's right. Yep. So no, I'm a, I'm a fan of these tracks. I think we need them and I don't know, people need to get their head out of the sand and realize that this is the future of tracks. So I remember, uh, when Warwick Farm got theirs put in, I know they don't race on it, but they trial on it and work on it every day. Clary Connors told me, well, this is, I don't know, 12 months ago, he said, I wish I had this to train on 20 years ago. He said, this is an unreal track. So blokes like Clary are giving it a wrap. You know, you've got to listen. Now, uh, the partnership uh, with, with your dad, um, your, your dad's been in horse racing all his life and, and uh, uh, you know, he's um, well, he's a, he's a stalwart here in, in Queensland racing. Yeah, yeah, he's been doing it. For as long as I can remember, I think uh, I used to work out on cattle stations and that out west. Then he moved to Brisbane, oh, geez, I don't know, about 1980, I think. And uh, he used to play polo. And it was actually him and uh, his good mate, Ronnie McRae from Toowoomba, who used to train. They were they trained the horses for the Queensland polo team back in the day. And then, uh, yeah, then they dad worked for Jim Griffiths and uh, then took out his own trainer's license. And then, yeah, just been building the numbers since then. And your mother, Sandy, she's involved also? Yeah, uh, she's chief carrot feeder. <laughs> she comes down to the Arby's and uh, does that, and she does the book work with my sister because my sister's an accountant, so it's handy to have cheap wage. <laughs> so family affair, and that's uh, uh, we often see that, and especially up here in, in Queensland, don't we? Yeah, yeah, no, it's good. Sort of, We have our arguments, but we move on. Will, you've been uh, busy at the sales uh, earlier in the week? Yeah, I went down to Sydney and bought a really nice Churchill filly, uh, bit of a sort of an unknown sire to most, but uh, he's going really well. And uh, Chris Waller's got a nice one. I saw a race on Saturday at Sandown. It, it went really nice. It's in the Blue Diamond. So I think I'll have something on it in the Blue Diamond. So I'm glad it didn't win on Saturday or else I would have had to pay more for mine the following day. And and how do you go when when you go to the sales and you, you're seeking out, out a horse? Um, how, how does that work for you? Uh, I mainly just look at the cutest horses because of how good our money is for cutest up here at the moment. And sort of, you know, I can't really afford to buy the, the top echelon of, of horses at the moment. I just don't quite have the, the client base for that. But also I, I can't really see much point in spending too much on, you know, I'm not going to go buy a horse for 300 and 400,000 that's going to race in Brisbane. So I sort of just try and pick my mark and I mainly go on type. But, you know, there's obviously a few sires that I just put the pen straight through that I don't like. Just yeah. Cause I don't like them. Simple as that. But, yep. um, no, I'm, I'm, I mainly go on type and then ho hope that the pedigree's there. And now that I, I do have a, a slightly better client base, I can really sort of start to up the, the to get the better brood mares. And like this one I bought last week, she's, uh, out of a more than ready mare who already has thrown a group one winner. So you don't see many cutest horses with brothers that have already won a group one. And, you know, horses that I guess, um, uh, you know, when you, when you're looking at these horses, do you go to the sales that you've done that you've done the um, the insight to the pedigrees and whatever, and then you go and look at them? Um, you know, do you look at them once or twice, or do you put the line through horses straight away? How how you know how does it work when you go to the sales? Yeah, uh, I try to look. As, well, I look at all of the ones that I've picked out, and uh, yeah, it's, sometimes you feel bad because you get the, the poor strapper. Like I'll get that one out, and they take two steps out of the box, and you just know straight away you don't like it. You're like, oh, I'll just give it a walk, but you don't even look. Like, yeah, just put it back, mate. Don't worry about it. But then, yeah, you, you know, that's the first cut, and then you go back and look at your next ones, and just keep dwindling down until you've got your, your one you want. And what are the, what are the things that, that you look for? Obviously mindful of the fact that, um, 
you know, it's it, I, I'm sure that you go to the sales with with a certain budget or a knowing. Okay, I've got I've got three people that I know are going to get into this horse, but I've still got so I've still got thirty percent that I've that I've got to sell uh, this horse, and and that's an important uh, part of sort of weighing up whether you're going to buy or not, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I sort of try and find the ones that look like to, they're going to be early runners because a lot of owners aren't very patient these days. They don't want to wait till they're three and four. They want them racing tomorrow. So you've, you've got to try and find that. But, you know, they, horses can change in three months from a sale to when you tip them back out, spell them and break them in. And, you know, they might not be an early runner then. So, well, that one on I bought Sunday, I only sort of was it going to go to about 80,000, 90,000 and the bidding got to 100. So I had to quickly get on the phone to my client. I'm like, Cutto, what do I do? What do I do? And he's like, yeah, yeah, just wait. And then it got to 150, goes, all right, bid now. And we bid 155 and got it. So Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And and I, I would imagine um, that can be quite nerve wracking. Um, just, think, just thinking, you know, well, knowing that, you know, I've only got, I'm, I'm only going to go to this certain point. And, uh, so it's hard, hard to sort of sit and wait and, and, you know, I, I'm sure you'd be wanting to get involved, uh, pretty eagerly. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good fun. I love betting. It's a bit of an adrenaline rush, a bit like having a punt really. <laughs> <laughs> and that's something also that, uh, is passionate to you and, and, you know, you've, uh, well, it's, it's been part of your life, uh, from, from a kid following, following horses. Yeah. Well, that's. Probably why I was so good at maths at school because I was in the tab all the time. <laughs> Beautiful. That's that's good work. And and uh, it's yeah. I mean, you, you sort of pick out horses, follow, especially up here in, in Queensland. I think um, uh, you can see horses that even that that come down from up north and um, you know that show good ability, and then you sort of go, gee, this 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 has found its right race, and it's probably more so because. I guess up here in Queensland, they don't have as that that big stable effect. Uh, I know Tony Golan and Rob Heathcote, and you know they're they're obviously big stables, but down down in Victoria, that it's huge, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like huge, huge numbers. Yeah, yeah, and they're sort of down well, Victoria, especially. You know, there's all different sorts of form from all over the state, all meeting. Whereas here, we've sort of just got our own little pool, and it's a bit easier to do the form. And, uh, and I think even sometimes it, it can, uh, uh, you know, you, you can get a bit, um, obviously Doombin and Doombin and, uh, Eagle Farm and, and then Sunny Coast, but then Sunny Coast on Sunday, you see sim similar horses going around and then on a Saturday night with, with Toowoomba, you know, a lot of those Toowoomba horses just, uh, are, are just there and, and sort of knock around on Saturday nights, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's sort of, yeah, it's only two hours away, but. Yeah, you don't see many Brisbane people go there. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? That why do you reckon that is? <laughs> it's a tricky track to Umber, isn't it? I reckon yeah. it's hard to beat beat them on their own. Very right? hard to beat the locals, that's for sure. It's uh, yeah. Well, now going forward, uh, so is that horse all filled up, or there's opportunities for for owners to get involved in that horse? Uh, no, it's all filled up. Yep, it's all filled up. So we need some new horses in the stable. Will what do you think? Yeah, no, I um. Actually, on Monday morning before this, I was still in Sydney and I went out to Warwick Farm and got a new owner. He's like, oh, I'd love you to come out to my property and have a look at these horses. Um, one of them's, you know, our old horse, Night Guy. One of them's his half-brother by Merchant Navy. We bought 20% in it and got another one there. Uh, I can't even remember what it was by, but it, it was a really nice type too. And uh, yeah, he's like, I'll pick you up from Warwick Farm. So Warwick Farm's already far enough out of Sydney. He goes, oh, my property's about an hour and a half away. So we drive there. 
get there and I, I was just in sh shorts and thongs because I wasn't even buying anything on Monday. I was just going to the sales for a look and I get out of his property at like past Barrel. It's like halfway to the Victorian border. It was said it was 12 degrees. It felt like eight. I was freezing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez, it was cold. But oh, well, it, was, it was worth the trip because we got two horses out of it. But yeah, it was freezing. Fantastic. Now, Hail Manhattan uh, is, was a great horse for you. Tell us a story about that horse. Yeah, uh, I had bought him online, sight unseen, unbroken two-year-old for six and a half thousand roughly, and he's won nearly half a million. So he's been a great little horse for us. Uh, wow, wait. Uh, yeah, and, and it's, I guess, uh, you know, they're the, they're the horses that can uh, allow you to sort of go to the sales and, and spend a bit more, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, he He's coming back to us, I think, in about a month. He just, he whacked his tendon after he won that um, Lulavar Cup. We thought it was originally worse, but uh, he's been up at Trevor Lambourne's place and he's sort of the tendon guru up here. And uh, he sent me a photo of him the other day. I couldn't even tell which one it was. So he'll be back soon. Really? Yep. Is, is that right? Yeah. Well, what about with uh, with training horses in, in Queensland? Um, how, how does how does it differ from probably down south? I always wonder um, with with the, the hot conditions, um, I'd imagine, yeah, you don't have to be as firm with horses. No, not at all. That's one thing I sort of made the mistake of when I come back from down south. I'm like, we're not working them hard enough and you come up here and hammer them and yeah, the Queensland horses, they, they fall apart when you work them as hard as what they do down South. You know, you, probably the difference is down there, you're dealing with group enlisted horses working for the big trainers and they're, they're blue bloods and they can, they cop the work. Whereas, you know, we were dealing with the sort of the bottom end tier horses and, you know, you work them like, like what they'd work, they wouldn't eat for three days. So it was fun. And, you know, other people told me that too. They they made the same mistake when they came back to Queensland thinking, oh, we're not working them hard enough, but simply you just can't work them that hard. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 interesting, isn't it? Now, Aiden, Aiden Thompson uh, has been a big part of your stable uh, through his apprenticeship, and uh, he's somebody that uh, – yeah, you, you've had to sort of bring along. Uh, well, he, he's he's um, he's got an interesting background, Aiden, hasn't he? Because uh, I remember when I first came up here in Queensland, and Nathan told me that uh, it'd be nothing for him to pull over at on a town on the way home from riding and jump on a bull. Yeah, yeah, he uh, he's quite mad. <laughs> he uh, he won the Birdsville Cup when he was seventeen, I think, and then he won a fight in the Brophy's tent that night. He beat one of Brophy's boxes. <laughs> so. Yeah, he's a real, real bushy kid and uh, he's a hard worker. He's out of his time now, but we still pay him to ride work for us. He comes in and does five or six in the morning for us. Uh, and, you know, we throw him the odd ride when we can. He's on Sir Carter tonight, actually. And for, even for someone like Aiden, um, you know, he's he's got to uh, put in and work hard as far as um, travelling. You know, he can he can go up north. And I always think that's that's uh, a tough enough, you know, obviously we know with Grubby that he, he does the bulk of his riding up north. But uh, to be based in Brisbane and, and then travelling up north and uh, for some of those guys that, that do it like Aiden or, or Ryan Wiggins and... Um, Chris Whiteley, you know, they live down here, but they do the bulk of their riding up north. It's pretty involved. Yeah, that's for sure. He's, um, Aiden's actually riding at Coffs Harbour tomorrow. He's going the other way. It's there must be their country championships qualifier meeting. So he's going down there for five. Wow. We, yeah. yeah, he was actually, he was going to go with, um, our other good friend, Bubba Tilly, but cause he's riding down there too, but he said, I can't sit in a car for four hours with Bubba. <laughs> <laughs> too much talk. Yep. Too much talk. 
Don't be silly, back Bubba Tilly. That's what they say, isn't <laughs> yeah, it? That's uh, it. He's been in uh, in hot form of late. Uh, that is for sure. Will, have you had a look at this Eagle Farm meeting uh, on Saturday? Yeah, I have. Um, I thought, oh, the shorty of the day, Namazu, he'll just control that race and he should win. I think he's only $2 in race two. Um, and race seven, I like number 13, Argyle Pink at odds. I think it's about $14. Big Cheese's horse first up. Um, it jumped out really good last week. The only reason I know that is because I had Night Guy in it. So okay. if Argyle Pink goes good Saturday, get on Night Guy next week. And first up, uh, it looks yeah, it looks a good race for it, doesn't it? Now, Kyle Wilson-Taylor, he's somebody that uh, is uh, – He's a really good talent, isn't he? He's riding well. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, And the Golan camp, um, uh, you've had a bit to do with them and, and good mates with Tony Golan. Yeah, yeah. I've uh, worked for Tony in Toowoomba for a bit. Um, took Spirit of Boom over West when he came third in the winter bottom. That was his first trip over. And then, yeah, I used to ride four a morning for him but then go over to Demon and help Dad before we started training. Great insight to uh, Will Holbert there for the first segment of uh, The Punters, mate. We'll wrap it up here. We'll come back on the other side. We're going to have a la- chat to Justin Huxtable, who is uh, a great talent uh, up here and does an amazing job with his weight. Uh, we'll talk to Huxy and we'll get some tips out uh, for the weekend. This is The Punters, mate, on SEN. Welcome back to the punters, mate, on this Friday afternoon. And one man who has dead set been riding up a storm in Queensland is Justin Huxtable, who is uh, an amazing talent because uh, if you saw him down the street, he could be mistaken for a basketballer. But Huxy, welcome to the punters, mate. Hey, Sammy. Thanks, mate. Happy to be on. Uh, and that's f- fair enough, is it? Fair play, isn't it? How tall are you? And uh, did you ever think about going into the field of basketball? <laughs> no, it was never really. Uh, it was never really my cup of tea, basketball. But um, I stand. I, I push one eighty. I stand about one hundred and seventy-eight. Last time I, uh, I was made aware how tall I am. But uh, yeah, basketball is never really my cup of tea. AFL footy was. Uh, my type of go when I was a bit younger. Obviously, uh, riding riding racehorses is a bit of an addiction you get when, from a young age, and that's what I've uh, carried on throughout. And, and talking about uh, a young age, tell us about that and, and how it all started for you in horse racing because uh, you're a boy from, from Kangaroo Island. Yeah, I, um, I grew up on a, on a little farm uh, on the northern, northern side of Kangaroo Island. Um, dad's always dad, dad's always trained a couple of horses here and there. He's always had a small uh, little boutique team um, trained on the island, and obviously takes them away to the mainland racing in Adelaide, and um, has had trips to, to Victoria at various times. And as I got older, I um, I started to dabble into riding a bit of track work for Dad, and um, he had, he had a handy horse at one stage uh, while things were winning. There wasn't really much for her in Adelaide, so he decided to make the trip across to Ballarat and base himself in uh, Ballarat for a, a few months and uh, decided to take me with take me with him. I was about 14 at that time and I started uh, started to ride track work whilst I was there for Archie Alexander and um, I rode track work for Archie for about a month and then I, um, I, then I made the move across the street to Darren Weir and I 
road track work for Weary for about eight or nine months, and then um, the time the time come time come for Dad and I to go home, and uh, yeah, I uh, I started my apprenticeship in Adelaide uh, when I was 15, and I was riding in races by the time I was 16. And I would imagine, uh, well, how many horses? How many horses would get trained at Kangaroo Island? No, nah, not not too many anymore. Um, I think it's just, um, I think it's just my my old man David, and uh, I think there's David Hall with another trainer on Kangaroo Island. I think he's got his one or two horses that he he uh, prepares for the local races that are ongoing at the moment um, each year. So. Very, very few, but uh, Dad, Dad's built himself up to a quite a solid team of about 15 to 20 at this point in time, I, I believe. So, um, yeah. And uh, we obviously saw races uh, there yesterday at uh, Kangaroo Island. I'm not sure if you were uh, taking any notice of, uh, of those races, but Stephen Lenahan trained a, an amazing treble, and it was near, it was a toenail away from four winners. He said he went over there on a fishing trip and he thought he'd take a few horses with him and he and he bags three winners yesterday. Yeah, it was amazing to see that. Actually, I uh, I had a few rides at Ipswich yesterday and I um, did cast an eye over the TV at various times to watch a couple of races on Kangaroo Island. And uh, when I uh, got back in the car after the races and turned the phone on and a few articles come through about Stephen Lenahan, it was uh, good to see those stories. Definitely a bloke like Stephen. I, I've... My time when I was down south, I uh, I did I did get the opportunity to ride for him once or twice, and um, great country fella, and his horses are always around the market. Those uh, those uh, country Victorian meetings and um, southeast southeast South Australia meetings. So um, it's great to see a quality man pull off a, a quality result as such. Huxy, uh, it's been a good move for you uh, moving to Queensland, and how did that come about? Yeah, so um, getting back to the facts, when I was uh, South East South Australia, I um, I was a bit of a, there's no secret to it, I was a bit of a naughty boy when I was a young apprentice in Adelaide in the bright bright lights, a boy from the country dumped, dumped in the city. I uh, lost my way a little bit and um, the apprentice academy there and the stewards decided that it would be a good move for me to go down to the South East uh, Narracourt region of uh, South Australia to Sioux Yench. Um, so I was there for quite some time, had a lot of success in country Victoria, uh, made the link with a few trainers over over there and uh, rode predominantly around there. So I was getting my uh, provincial and country rides quite frequently and riding a few winners, but I just thought I'd, I had a metropolitan claim sitting there and um, I just wanted to make a bit of uh, make a bit of use out of it and I thought I had uh, run out of ends in um, Adelaide, so I approached uh, Chris Munts in Queensland. I always liked the idea of riding up here, and I knew a few people that had done the move in the past, and um, yeah, I, I pursued that, and I was lucky enough to get the opportunity. I think I'm pushing for pushing about three and a half, four years now um, that I've been with Chris, and he actually brought it up the other day that he's struggling to work out how uh, how he's been able to put up with me for four years, but it's, wouldn't bat, wouldn't bat an eyelid or wouldn't change a thing. It's been terrific. 
Uh, Will, I don't know if if you agree with me or not, but uh, actually sounds like there's sort of apprentice that just needed a bit of bullring activity uh, on the way through. Yeah, the big city lights, it gets the best of us sometimes, Sammy, that's for sure. Can't hold that against him. And and, and I suppose uh, it, it can happen when you come up north as well, actually. Yeah, um, that's well and truly for sure. Um, no, uh, I'm definitely not going to disagree with that. Now you've got a good book of rides uh, tomorrow at Eagle Farm. You're riding uh, race two, number four, Star of Michelin for Stewie Hendrick. And th- this horse is, uh, looks well-placed in this race. Yeah, he's a terrific old horse. Um, throughout, his, throughout his career, his wins have been, at times, few and far between. But he's, uh, yeah, I'd say he's a model of consistency, consistency at times and um, his, uh, his victory, the start before the Calandra Cup was, uh, I thought was extremely good, um, there and coming from well and back off him as he does, that, that, that's his racing pattern. Unfortunately, he's not brilliant out of the machine. Sometimes he barely comes out of him at all, but, uh, just got to play the cards you dealt with him and he's drawn a nice alley. So hopefully he can leave him a little bit sharper than he can and, hold a reasonable spot, just have a few uh, other runners behind him and um, I'm sure with the big straight there, he'll uh, he'll have all the time in the world to wind up. Then uh, race six, I see you got Collet's Spirit for the big bullfrog, Ryan Tyrrell and Tommy Button drawing a little sticky in 11, but good start, the 1400. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you, you, it's, a, it's the start there, uh, out of the 1400 a, a beautiful run in so uh, you got plenty of time to to work out where you're going to be. Um, horse was terrific last start, I thought. Um, just got back probably a pair, pair, pair and a half worse than where I wanted to be in the run um, last start. But I was able to get to, to come off passing half mile into the 600. I was able to get to the three wide line and just get a bit of a uh, get a bit of a flow into the run. Um, obviously run into one better, but I thought the run was terrific the other day, and I was. I'd expect a, I'd expect a pretty forward showing tomorrow um, from the horse again. Race seven, you ride uh, Delft for Muncie, and I didn't think this was hopeless in this race. No, um, not at all. Probably, maybe a little bit of a line through last start. Just a few. Uh, we actually couldn't really put the finger on. Like we we expected a, a, a result from the filly last start, but. Maybe just a touch plain, but everything since um, at home and uh, the horse's well-being terrific. So uh, I, I definitely be, wouldn't be riding her off tomorrow. I think she's uh, definitely one of my one of my better chances of the day. And uh, yeah, I'll be expecting quite a lot from her tomorrow once again. Yep. Then uh, boom Nova in race eight. First up, she's had a trial and a jump out. And her Eagle Farm stats are pretty bloody good. Three for three. Yeah, she's a terrific, uh, terrific man now. Uh, her, her record's quite handy. You'd like to have a few, few, few of her in the stable for sure. And um, I think she's come back well and truly as good, if not a touch better now. She's matured into a, a fully fledged mare. Um, I thought her trial was good, and uh, her jump out was even better. Um, she's progressed into the prep quite well and obviously Eagle Farm stats are second to none really and um, 
Uh, I did a piece of work on her last week. A regular rider, Juliet. She uh, she was down in Sydney with a couple of a couple of the horses from the stable. So uh, I got the opportunity to throw the leg over, boomed over, and a bit of a piece, a couple of pieces of work. And um, what I felt and what I saw was uh, extremely impressive. Um, so for a horse of her caliber, I was I was expecting her to run up to her run up to her form and uh, her Eagle Farm stats. Huxy, um, the bopper, you know, it, it can sort of sit anywhere in the run. There's been good money for the bopper. Are you confident you could you can beat it? Well, um, without having an in-depth uh, look of the race and just knowing knowing the bopper just from seeing its runs, um, like I, I believe, like it's probably gonna. It just depends where it's gonna sit, but like I, I believe we'll probably be two two separate ends of the field. Um, Obviously, Boom Nova is a very fast, very fast mare, and she puts herself on speed and makes her own luck. Um, and I believe she's a she's a quality enough of animal to uh, to be able to to beat it. Yes, but um, I guess the the rest of the story will be told tomorrow. That's what I wanted to hear, Huxley. Uh, I think she'll win Boom Nova. Uh, race nine, Zhang Shi for Stewie Kendrick was a good winner last start. Yeah, terrific. Um, lovely horse, building uh, building quite the tidy record. Um, probably one of the few Kendrick runners I haven't really had much to do with. Um, so pretty excited to be able to pick up the ride. Um, but I'll just be having a chat to Stu, obviously tonight, whilst I'm up the coast and uh, working out a plan in the morning to, uh, to what we do uh, with that horse. Just want to ask you about one tonight, mate. Uh, race five, you're on Holterman for your dad, Muncie. What's it go like? Um, yeah, he he, uh, he he's a nice horse. He's the, the more he's got, he obviously first up. Like the more he's gotten into, um, he's probably taken a little bit to come to hand this time in. Yep. Uh, tonight with the fields, like he'll, he'll, I'll probably be riding him a little bit. Uh, a little bit conservative early and just looking to see how he hits the line tonight. Um, obviously, he, he, he's, he's, got a, he's got a tidy record as a, as a younger horse, so um, he'll be just back off the speed and I, I'd expect him to be finishing off and storming home. Um, hopefully he can roll over the top of him, but first up, like, we, uh, we're just expecting him to be hitting the line tonight. Yeah, okay. I got one in that, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Huxy, thanks for joining us on the Punters, mate, tonight. Best of luck for the weekend and, and well done uh, on, on a great career so far. Thank you very much, guys. Really appreciate the chat. There is Justin Huxtable. On the Gold Coast, in the sunshine, a holiday paradise. Now, that is the opener for Gibbo to... Get on the line and give us his tips for the Gold Coast uh, this weekend. But, of course, uh, well, not of course, but Gibbo's normally uh, with us. But we cannot speak to Gibbo uh, this morning because he's uh, a bit under the pump and he's got a bit on. But that's okay because he sent his tip through anyway. And it is race two, number seven, Giselle's Gamble. So, uh, yeah, we will be cheering on Giselle's Gamble and... 
Will, uh, it's we've spoken about it earlier about this uh, poly truck. I mean, it's it's a good thing that we can have this on the Gold Coast. Uh, obviously, doing up the the turf track and it's still a popular pl- place. I think what have they raced like? They race something like fifty four times in the year, or it's a big number, isn't it? Yeah, they don't miss the place. That's for sure. So Giselle's Gamble for Chris Anderson and Bailey Wheeler, who uh, we heard Chris tell us on the Darling Download a couple of weeks ago that Bailey's a really good talent. And, and Will, you've got a bit of background on Bailey. Yeah, I don't know him personally, but uh, I'm really good friends with his old man, Dan. And uh, he was a really good apprentice. Just weight got the better of him. I remember he used to do a lot of riding for John Hawks when he had uh, Tanner Lodge up here in Brisbane. Rightio. So one to watch Bailey Wheeler and three kilos off. When you get these talent, when you get these apprentices with a good talent, uh, I've said it many times before. You you get three kilos off their back. It's uh, and they can jump and put them in a spot. It's huge advantage, isn't it? Yeah, I can't see his uh, claim lasting very long. That's for sure. Now, Chris Nelson's tips for the weekend. He sent them through Toowoomba, race four, number seven, Tokyo Sins. He thinks uh, that will just win Eagle Farm, race eight, number two, the Bopper. And around the country, he's got one at Rose Hill, race six, number two, Maria Mia. Uh, race six, number two. So they are for Chris Nelson, still sending his tips through on holidays, uh, which we appreciate so much. Uh, myself... Well, I'm I'm a little bit nervous because I'm tipping uh, I I am tipping against Will Holbert's. Uh, he thinks Namazu will just go around and win. And I like this Tears of Love with three kilos off. It's great at the track. Uh, talking about that weight relief, Malia Castle, she's a good talent, and I think she'll put this up on speed. Gee, I reckon it'll run well. I like race four at Eagle Farm, number four, Tappy's Lad, seven fifty into six dollars. It's got a dead set postage stamp on its back for Mark Duplessis or to his colleagues, a Mark 2 plus 3. Somebody, a jockey that you've had a lot to do with, Will. Yeah, mate. Uh, he comes in and rides a lot of work for us. So we're more than happy to throw him a bone when we can. Uh, and race eight, number three, Boom Nova. I'm all over it. I was so glad to hear that uh, Huxley give it a good rap and, and he's confident that uh, he can beat the bopper. Obviously, it's getting a lot of support, and, and it is the favourite. But uh, uh, Boom Nova's drifted out to $4 this morning. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if there's any money for it. But it's a good bit of stuff, isn't it, Will? Yeah, yeah, very nice horse. Uh, big chance it might be off and gone before the bopper sees which way it went. Now, I'm going to throw it out. I'm going to throw this out there. I had something on it last night at $126 in the CSA Stakes. Race six, number 15, Dirty Grin at Flemington. It's not something you want, uh, the Dirty Grin, but, gee, I reckon at big odds, it can run well. And and in the Lightning Stakes, I'm a fan of uh, Rock and Horse. Uh, look, it's beaten Nature Strip before. Um, by all reports, Mike Moroni has, has been spruiking it. It's it's a very good horse up the straight. She's very effective up the straight. Jamie Mott on board. Gee, I think at $15, uh, she's over the odds. Uh, any thoughts, Will? Ah, mate, what a race, really. I love the lightning. It's sort of, it's the first day of really getting the autumn carnival underway. You you know, the good horses are here now. Um, Jeez, yeah, what a, what a race. Obviously, Nature Strip's the champ, but, you know, you throw a dart at him, you'd be happy with a ticket on anything in the race, really. And, you know, to to be fair to Nature Strip, he's getting a bit long in the tooth now. You know, he can't go forever, can he? No, he can't, but then you see him trial last week. (laughs) It's one of his best ever trials, so you're like, well, there you go.
he's been uh, he's been placed very well throughout his career, and and he's such an interesting story, isn't he? Because he's had he's had quite a few homes uh, throughout the journey. Yeah, he has. He was tossed around a bit early as a young horse, but uh, he's fitted in well with the goat, and uh, he places him well. <laughs> now, Will, uh, what have you got? What what have you got? We can put the house on for the weekend. Uh, I reckon each way, Argyle Pink in, uh, was that race eight at Eagle Farm? And, of course, tonight uh, you are heading down the Bruce Highway for uh, Sir Carter, who just needs a little bit of luck from the gate. Yeah, if, if he can have luck, I think he'll be very hard to beat. So uh, we'll have something on him, and otherwise it'll be a long trip home if he gets rolled. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not as bad as a Sunday afternoon uh, getting home from the sunny coast, isn't it? That that can be savage. Yeah, that's a, a not su- good. A Sunday afternoon can, uh, can bring you undone on the Bruce Highway, but... Looking forward to a, a great weekend of racing. Of course, Sydney, uh, I've got the Silver Slipper Stakes on. Uh, there's a couple of Group 2s uh, there, the Hobartville, the Millie Fox, and the Silver Slipper. Uh, good racing right around the weekend, and we hope everybody has a winning one. Uh, of course, don't forget, uh, in Queensland, we've got uh, racing all over the place uh, this weekend. Uh, Eagle Farm, the Gold Coast Poly, Toowoomba tomorrow night, Rockhampton, Home Hill and Roma. There's a bit of Albion Park uh, trot racing tomorrow night and there's also Ipswich. And, of course, uh, the sunny coast on Sunday, which, uh, as we say, it's a consistent theme with Albion Park and Capella Bar Dogs. Have you ever been to Capella Bar Dogs, Will? I certainly have. They have $5 Coronas. Do they? Yeah, it's outstanding. This is what we want. Well, there is us, the punters, mate, for another week. We are missing Chris Nelson, but thanks very much to Will Holbert, star trainer, coming on board. Hope you have a winning weekend, punters.